Welcome to our weekly Wednesday night shir, and we mean weekly. Baruch Hashem, we keep it weekly, from 9 to 10, every Wednesday evening. Tonight is Chof Marcheshven, the 20th day of Marcheshven, the birthday of the Rebbe Rashab, which we will discuss in Yashem in the course of the shir. This Shabbos is Pasha's Chayi Sora. And it, of course, everyone knows that this is the Shabbos that literally tens of thousands of Yidin gather in Hebron, come to Maris Machpela. I believe they open the cave of Yitzchak for the Shabbos, which is not often that they can get to. One of the occasions is now in Chalamay Tzukas or something. Um, a tremendous, tremendous display of Achtas that goes on in Hebron, all different walks of life that show up and come to this magnificent thing. Tonight, of course, the Shia is dedicated. The Schus, Arich Hashem Vishanim, Teliza, Shlamis Bracha, Batrachal Hinda, Shavrafur Shlay Makreva. Lange gesunde Freilich Jörn. With Nachas from her children. And she and her husband should live and be well and take the children to the Chuppah gesunde hate and raise them in an, an easy fashion, which is not easy to say in today's day and age. Chaya Sada. The name of a parsha usually is because of the first psukim of the parsha, and as the pasuk the parsha starts vayu chayesara, and therefore the name of the parsha is chayesara. Translation to the words chayesara is the life of sara. Nothing happens in this world by chance. So much more so the name of a Pasha. It's not all of a sudden. Everything is Ashgacha Pratis, everything is Ashgacha Yena. And interesting to note, my wife was just, she traveled now to Israel. And um, her journey went through England. And as she got to the airport over here, in Canada, in Newark, they told her her suitcase was a little overweight. Six pounds. And she was extremely late because of the traffic to the airport. And obviously, you know, sitting in the traffic, we were sitting with on Spilkis, on pins and needles. Are we going to make this flight? And for some reason, we weren't really anxious. I didn't stop for gas on the way because uh, it was late enough for that. So I figured Ashkacha Prathas are bringing me back to a gas station with some gas in it, which it just did, actually. I literally rolled in with a yellow light flashing at me. Um, but I... She gets to the oven, they had taken six pounds. She took it out of her suitcase. She had taken a base Mashiach magazine to read. And she moved the base of suitcase from her suitcase, and she was standing online holding it. And this man came over to her randomly and says, "You're Lebavitch," and she said, "Of course." And the man proceeded to get into a whole conversation of the shita of Lebavitch, of the Rebbe being Mashiach, etc., which we are not going to get into this year. In during this year. But we obviously saw that why the, she was placed at that later time, at that later hour, the last minute to get to the plane, to meet this fellow and to clarify a few things that he never heard before, and actually was very, very impressed. So everything is Ashkacha Pratis. And so much more so the Pasha Vateda, the name of the Pasha Vateda. The Chayda as the name of the Parsha, it would be called the title of the Parsha, technically. 
since it's the title of the parsha, it should have a direct connection with the parsha. When it comes to our parsha, though, it's very strange and awkward. Are you Chayi Sarah, the life of Sarah? And almost in the very next po- and, and in that passage it tells us she lived for 127 years. And Avram came to, to bury her and to mourn and to eulogize. And the whole story with the purchasing, which we're going to discuss in, this, in our Pasha. So technically, the Pasha is talking of the demise of Sarah. Sarah's passing. Why name it? Chai Sarah. And everything that happens in the Pasha. The purchasing of Maros and for her grave. The sending of Eliezer for Shidduch for Yitzchak. Avram takes another wife, Shmok Turah. And the Pasha finishes off with Taylor's Yishmoel. All these things are opposites to the life of Sarah. So why would it say Chai Sarah? Why are you thinking Adam? It's not online. The purchasing of the of the field of Machpelah and the burying of Sarah <laughs> try to twist it, try to translate Fact is a fact. You're talking about her death. Why else are you buying a grave? It's a school, actually. For those that are interested in school, there's a school to buy tachrichim, there's a school to buy uh, a grave. And it would probably be even a bigger school if you hired me to be a Kadisha because <laughs> my, my business... Uh, my business is uh, whatever business I touch and go to goes to pot so badly that if I was Kaiva Kadisha people would stop dying. The marriage of Yitzchak to Rivka Vayanchi Yitzchak Achle Yimei the Nechama the condolence that he had he was consoled by bringing in Rivka into his household. And of course, how much more so to say, if Avram marries another woman, obviously it's because the wife passed away. And the birth of Yishmael, and the children of Yishmael, which is nothing that Sarah appreciated, and nothing that Sarah liked, or wanted affecting in her family. So where is the Pasha? Reflect Chai Sarah, the life of Sarah. Let us understand Sarah Yimenu's essence. Then maybe we can grasp how all these circumstances, all these situations come into actually her fruition of her life. seeing that her life did not necessarily end at 127 years. And just the opposite. They come even more so. A person, Tzaddik, after passing, those that are learning Chitas, Tanya, in the last week and a half or so, we hear different letters that the Altarebbe wrote of passing of different Tzaddikim and saying how a Tzaddik is so much more at life after they pass than they are even when out of this world. Meshrabeinu, etc. Um, and as in Chof Cheshvan as well, the birthday of the Rebbe Rashab, we see even though the Rebbe Rashab would have been today 155 years old or something, so then the question would be, of course, why were we still celebrating his birthday? So much so that someone even asked me tonight, if they say Tachlan by... by uh, such a holy special day, on the birthday of the Rebbe Hashab. 
we celebrate the birthdays of a tzaddik even after the petita. We discussed this already before as well. As the neshama reaches to a higher level, as attains a higher level each time. Let us go back to examining the life of Sarah. A main state difference between Avram and Sarah and the children of Avram and Sarah. Avram, as we know, fathered not only Yitzchak, he fathered Yishmael as well. And Chazal tell us, the sages tell us, that this is a conversation that went down before the actual Akedah. Where Hashem says, Kachna is Bincha, take your son. And he said, which one? I have two. He says, Yechidcha. He says, each one is a one only child from the mother. Asherah Hafta. And he said, I love them both. Until the Abish had to tell him, Yitzchak. <laughs> you know something? The words we're going to discuss in the sh- tonight, the words of Tzadikim are very, very important, and they're repeated over in the Teda even, because that's how important they are. But in this case, if Avram would have avoided the conversation, and when Hashem said, take your son and shecht him, he would have grabbed Yishmael and killed him, we would have had a lot, of tru- lot less trouble today. Okay, never mind. Ah, unfortunately, it's not what happens. Abraham gave birth not only to Am Yisrael, but all the other nations, the Arab nations that we see today, are all from Yishmael. Av Hamayin Goyim Nesaticha, a promise that was given to Yishmael. Av Lachol Elam is Avraham Avinu's blessing. Sarah, on the other hand, was Yitzchak's mother, and her connection was only to the Jewish nation, only to Yitzchak and ultimately to her grandson Yaakov, etc. So too similarly we see their Aveda, the way they served God, Avram and Sarah were also in different ways. Avram spread the word of God to everyone. It's brought down, Gemara and Seita, if you keep me score at home, it's Daf Yud Amar Aleph, at the end of Amar Aleph, ten side one, Avram saw to it to place the name of God on the mouth and lips of everyone that passed by, all the passerbys. Which means even the Arabs that went by with their afar on their feet. They bowed to their they served the, the sand on their feet. And he didn't ever differentiate. He deserves it. He doesn't deserve it. What's what's the status? It didn't make a difference to Avram. All were the same to Avram Avinu. And he saw to it that they all recognized God. It might not have cha- stuck to them. It might not. They may not have continued with it. Not everybody was Eliezer. But the f- fact that he instilled somewhat into them. Now, although it says that Avram Mekarev is Hanoshim, is Hanoshim, Visara Mekarev is Hanoshim, Avram dealt with the men, and of course Sarah dealt with the women, because they kept to the utmost of Tznius. But Sarah, once she gave birth to Yitzchak, she saw to it, she focused and put everything to the right place, to the needs of Yitzchak. And we see a story in the Gemara. Also, if you're keeping score at home, it's Baba Basra, Nun Ches, on the top of Amr Aleph. Story of Rabbi Bano. Exodus explains the whole thing at length. We're not going to go into that right now. 
but you're welcome to look at it. So especially so much so, when we see the revelation between the differences of Avram and Sarah, when it comes to Yishmael, Sarah was not once Yishmael having any influence on Yitzchak. And she said, Drive her out, he's not going to be part of my son. And although Avram Avinu imparted holiness and God's word to everyone, It pained him greatly. And he even begged. Perhaps, perhaps. But ultimately drives on Hagra with Yishmael. Because Sarah was the main wife and Yitzchok was his main child. Sarah said, there's nothing to do. There is absolutely no connection. My Yitzchak with this Yishmol. I don't want anything influenced. I don't want him sharing any of your influence with Yishmol. This concept, that she was totally devoted only to Yidin, mm-hmm. is the point of our entire parsha. We see now the influence that Sarah had. Let us dissect the purchasing of Mara Samachpela. Mara Samachpela was what? It was a place where Adam and Chava were buried. And therefore, Adam and Chava, being the parents of the entire creation, not only the Jews, and by thereby Avram wanting to buy such a place for Sarah's burial. And after that also for the three fathers and the mothers. Ma'ara Samachpela should be only for Am Yisrael. The mainstay was Adam and Chava. And even the other nations that do come out ultimately from Adam and Chava are only in existence for Am Yisrael. So that Am Yisrael exists on the world, therefore the rest of the world coexists with the Jewish nation, which is ultimately why we see so much anti-Semitism. It's hard to be subservient to somebody It's hard to grow up and to develop and to build knowing that you're inferior to somebody. And therefore, the solution is, and you'll see by the bullies of schools and the bullies of of people in neighborhoods, in order to intimidate someone who's superior to them, they try to put them down. They try to make them inferior. More than that, Avram says to the Bnei Ches, he comes to purchase, and he says, you know what, I mean, if you want to call me Ger, you want to call me a convert, and if not, Atlena Meradin. Because the Almighty told me, the Zaracha etin to your children I will give this land. What is the lesson of these words? The entire creation of the world is for the Jews and for Teva. That's Bereshis. The two Reishis, Yidin and Tera. 
And it's still a special place for the Jewish nation. And the fact that B'nai Ches were then dwelling in Israel was only so that they would ultimately give it to the Jews. The land itself had its tkufas, had its times where it was under other rule. But ultimately, the others that ruled it were only babysitting it for the Jews. And therefore, you're prepared to sell it. I'm a gear, I'm an outsider. Because the order is that officially Avram to begin with was a convert. Then therefore you can get it to sell. If you're not willing to sell it to me, I become totally null, nullified. You're going against your creation. Your reason for being created was to give this over. And if you're not going to give it to me, I said, I had any taste of Bethlehem and Adin. You'd be taken away. All this power of Avram being able to purchase this land was based on Sarah Yemenu. Pasik says, Vayakam Avram me'alpne meisai, because he stood up in front of his mesa, in front of the mes, which is Sarah, therefore deriving the strength from Sarah, he was able to speak and to take, present his argument. And this is the lesson that Sarah has. That the world, and everything in the world, is here for the Jews. Then we find later in the past, so therefore, the purchase ultimately of the Mara Samach is a legacy of Sarah's. So we don't talk, we don't see the death of Sarah, we see the life of Sarah here. Let us move on to the Shlichas of Eliezer to find the Shidduch for Yitzhak, the second portion of our parsha. The story of Eliezer going out and Avram making him swear, you're not going to take Yitzchak out of the land. I don't want you taking a girl from here. I want you to go to my family. We'll soon see within those words what they're referring to as well. But again, the Chai Sara is revealed in the highest of levels. Even the existence of Adam and Chava, Adam and Eve as we know them, was for the Jewish nation. And all the people that are around the world to help the Jewish nation. In addition, they all had some kind of connection with Abraham. Even though they had no connection with Yitzchak and Eden. Eliezer himself was what? It was Deilo Mashke Meteras Rabbi Lachedim. Eliezer was a true disciple. Gemara tells us, you keep your score at home, Mesech Des Yuma, Chav Chesam and Beis, 28, side 2. Gemara tells us he was a devoted disciple. He gathered up and he distributed the words and the teta of his teacher to all others. And this story itself is told in the teta and the many miracles that transpired. Until the Chazal, the sages teach us that the length of this story, the reason that the story is brought out at such with such Detail. And not only is detail, but it's repeated. Because Yafa Sichasan shall Avdi Bate Aves Mitterasan shall Banam. It's 
it is more glorif- glorifying, is more beautiful. The words of the servants of the house of our fathers than the trade of our children. So Avram therefore was not able to make a shidduch for Yitzchak with the daughter of Eliezer. Eliezer was plotting to have Yitzchak for a son-in-law. But Avram refused. Why? He says, Kibini Baruch Ba'ata Oror. My son is blessed and you are cursed. Ve'in Oror Medabek Baruch. And a curse and a blessing don't attach. Not looking at all the great things, all the attributes, the great attributes of Eliezer, he's no comparison to Yitzchak. Not only is he on a lower level than Yitzchak, but in reference to Yitzchak, in the shine of Yitzchak, the light of Yitzchak, he's actually considered a curse to a blessing. Then the pastor continues. So therefore again we see that this entire story that transpires with the wedding, with the shidduch, with the matchmaking of Yitzchak, is again a continuation of the legacy of Sarah. Avram goes out and takes another wife and her name is Keturah. We discussed it recently Keturah is from Keturah. She a very high level. And the children that they bore was also children of Avram. But when it comes to Yitzchak, they were nothing. They were drops in the bucket. After the Torah continues to tell us how Vayesav Avram Vikach Isha Shmokhtura Vatele Deini gave birth, the Pasuk continues and says, Vayitin Avram is Kol Asher Leili Yitzchak. Avram gave everything he had to Yitzchak. The children of his concubines, in turn, the Vnei Hapilakshim, he gave them gifts. He sent them away from before Yitzchak. You'll see also mentioned, for those keeping score at home, in Gemara Sanhedrin, Tzadik Aleph, Amir Aleph, 91, side 1. And the same thing also is to the children of Yishmol. Although they were Yishmol ben Avraham, Hagar, the servant of Sarah, the Egyptian servant of Sarah, the entire essence of Ishmael and his children until any last generation, it's only coming from Shivcha Sarah. The fact that she was the maidservant of Sarah. And there's no comparison, of course, for their children, those children, offspring, to those of Yitzchak ben Sarah. Perhaps we still have some kind of a question. All this transpired after Sarah's 127 years. So perhaps we can say, Chai is Sarah. In the years that she lived, in this world so therefore how can it be called on the name of Chaya Sarah it's after she lived and the explanation would be Sarah accomplished all this while she was still alive she accomplished that all that transpired after the Mshachas Metzius that happened it's only that it should all be instituted and only exist for the Jews. We would only see this come into fruition after her passing. After she finishes her Aveda in this world, then we begin to see the merits that she brought about in this world. And therefore being called Chayasara, 
for it reveals in an open vision what she accomplished over the 127 years. One needs to constantly be accomplishing. And we'll discuss Mitzvah the Bo Bayamim, how one continues to accomplish, how one continues to fulfill their days. There was a chassid of the Mitla Rebbe, who was a very, very big Talmud Chacham, a very learned man. He knew Bavli Yerushalmi, excuse me, Shulchan Aruch, Kabbalah, everything. Very, very learned fellow. And he was charismatic. And therefore, was very sought after. Many cities wanted him, big cities, wanted him to be the rabbi of the city. And they reached out to him. And when his ego got to him enough, he couldn't figure out which city he was going to go to. So he decided to travel to the Mitla Rebbe, to his Rebbe in Lubavitch, Find out an Eitzah. Well, needless to say, this Hori Chassid walks in, you can imagine his shoulders straight, his head up with a distinguished look of a soon-to-be rabbi of a major city, head rabbi, chief rabbi. He even bought himself one of those hats to look like a chief rabbi. And he comes into the Mitla Rebbe and he tells the Mitla Rebbe that they're looking for me, they're trying, they're tearing me to pieces. Everybody wants me to be their Rebbe in their city. Tell me, Rebbe, where should I go? And when I'm walking out, Rebbe, don't forget to pat me on the back. I achieved so much. Look how great I am. Much to his shock and his dismay, the Rebbe looked at him and said, when the biggest city comes to offer you the Rabbanus, you have to turn it down and you should become a wagon driver. Wagon driver, as you might know, is probably lower than the water carriers. They might make more money, but the menial job is really, really horrific. It's not a taxi driver today, where you can sit and drive a uh, Escalade, a stretch Escalade, comfort, leather seats, air conditioning and heated seats at the same time sunroof blowing through the bald head. That's a car service driver today. They also have to wear a bow tie sometimes, a regular tie. But they don't have to check the oil in the car. That's taken to the garage. They don't have to change the brakes on the car. Take that to the garage. They hardly have to put in gas in their car. The Babagola was not so lucky. He had to put gas in his horses, he had to feed them. He didn't take his horses to the horse wash and march it paraded through so it gets all washed down and groomed like the taxi driver that takes his taxi and gets it detailed. He had to do it himself. And needless to say, nobody was going out to your wagon if your horse's tail was dirty. If it smelled too bad. So you have to make sure your horse was presentable. To wash it down, comb it down. Comb out the horse tail. 
I almost sound like I actually did these things. I told you once, I loved horseback riding. I'd still go horseback riding if I could. If I had the opportunity. But we were once horseback riding with a group, with a leader, and my horses, we went through a tunnel, decided he had an itch. His back was itching him. So the horses don't know how to turn around to the person on the horse and say, excuse me, can you scratch on the right side, please? But when they have the itch, they do what every animal does. It goes to a wall, to a stone, and it scratches itself and scratches against the wall. I mean, see, I'm sure you see many people do that as well. No, my horse had just that itch. What my horse didn't take into consideration is between the itch and the wall was my foot. So here the horse is up against the wall, scratching, scratching its back and my leg. Well, Shem, I wasn't shy. I screamed out and the guide came running back and took the horse, pulled him away from the wall and screamed at him in Spanish. Um, and I'm sure the horse understood the reprimand. He was very upset. He almost apologized. He texted me an apology. Um... So that's me and horses. But we do know what the horse, the wagon driver has to do. And then comes the wagon. Wagon's got to be a nice clean wagon. The wagon needs to have a comfortable seat. The wagon's wheels have to be greased. Also not done by the uh, mechanic. And the grease, the pech, is a feral smell, horrific. You have to stand there and grease your wheels. I'm sure you don't have to rotate the tires at least. And it wasn't often you got a flat, but you did have to deal with the wagon, plenty of maintenance. And each time you went out, you had to hook up the wagon to the horse, or horses. Well, when he came back from Yechidus and he told his wife what the Rebbe said, she said, okay, okay, go ahead, go to the stables and talk to the wagon drivers, learn a fact, learn the, learn the business. He was mortified. You can't be serious. So what do you mean? This is what the Rebbe said. I know the Rebbe said that, and, 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 and I, I understand that the Rebbe said that, but I'm still not so sure the Rebbe is so serious either. I mean, I'm a tremendous Talmud Chacham. I would be such an asset in a city, doing their weddings, doing their bar mitzvahs, doing their whatever needs to be done, answering their shyness, a wagon driver, destroy my entire waste, my entire life. No. The conversation lasted a few minutes, and this chassid opened up a gemara, and got lost in thought in his gemara. Every few days, the wife would say, no, did you go to the wagon drivers? And he'd say, not yet, not yet obviously procrastinating, not wanting to ultimately do this career change. And the city of Minsk sends a delegation, prestigious people of the city, we would like you to become the Rav of our city. We will see to it you lack nothing. We will give you a house. We'll give you salary. City of Minsk is a tremendous city. Needless to say, the COVID, the honor, comes with it. We understand it's a big thing, it's a big offer. 
We'll give you two weeks to think it through. No, as soon as they left, he heard the voice of the Rebbe. Go become a wagon driver. <laughs> and so, he went to the stables, and as soon as he walked in, all the wagon drivers started vying for his business. They looked at him and they saw such a prestigious man, his fur coat, his boots. They all started offering him their services. And when he turned to them and said, I don't need your services, I want to become a union member, I want to become one of you, they all thought he was mocking. The author is making fun of them. But as he persisted, one of the older wagon drivers saw that this man meant it. And he said, Kum Rebbe, I'll teach you. I will train you how to be a Balagala. No. He started to teach him the grooming of the horses, the feeding of the horses, the wagons, the hitching, the this, the prices. Come what may, chassid was a chassid. His shachas took an hour, at least. And he just couldn't, posik pumya, he couldn't not learn. He would sit as he was working, well, when he was working with the horses, obviously he couldn't say words of Teda. But any opportunity that he had, he would sit and study Teda, words of Teda. The wagon drivers had Rahmanas on him, they had pity on him, and they would give him the lighter jobs. Sfart, he was a Bakovitika person. One day he's standing in the stable and this guy walks in, a Gentile, and he says, No, Jid, I need to go to Moscow. He says, Moscow, that's two days. He says, I know. Long again. He says, Listen here, mister. On such a journey, you need to maximize your daylight. Which means, by the crack of dawn, you need to set out, you need to be on the road. I can't do that. Crack of dawn is shachis. Until I don't dive in shachis, I'm not going nowhere. Well, this man says to him, you know what? Right now, I need to get on the road. We'll go as much daylight as we can today. And maximum, I'll hire somebody else for tomorrow. Mm-hmm. I'll pay you, and you'll do your whatever, whatever one day's job, whatever one day's wage will be. And that was it. Parat, the guy, and the... Balagola hicked up his wagon 20 minutes later. They're on the road to Moscow. Night comes, night falls. This poor Chassid is sitting there during this entire day. Endless roads. And saying, Rebbe what's become of me? I'm going to sit here and look at the tuchases of these two horses. This is what I was created for. This is what I'm worth. And so they traveled and they came to an inn. And the innkeeper put the horses in the stables. 
The guy was given his room and the Balagol another room. Balagol Davin Maidiv. He ate something, he went to bed. Came Chatzis, midnight, like every other night. Chassid wakes up and began his Tikkun Chatzis, lamentation, the lamenting of the destruction of the temple. Tikkun Chatzis, for those of you who do it, show many out there doing it every night, crying over the destruction of the temple. Tikkun Chatzis is brought down, a person in order to do it properly needs to cry a half a bucket of tears. Then you know you did it right. So this Chassid was sitting there doing Tikkun Chatzis on a nightly basis and he had something a lot more to lament about than just the Holy Temple as he cried and bemoaned his situation. Oimel, Yolanda, what's become of me? And he did take a for a few hours and then he took out his Gemara and the sweet, sweet melody enveloped himself into his Gemara his mind, his body, his soul became one with the Gemara with the Tanoim, the Amaroyim and he studied until sunrise He took out his talis and tefillin and he davened. Listen, he was paid for yesterday already. And he figured, he'll daven, he'll eat something, he'll go home. The vayla, there's a knock on his door. He's eating breakfast. There's a knock on his door. And the door opens up. It's his Passenger. The guy and his tefillin are sitting on the side over there, and the guy, the guy says to him, "Please let me put on your tefillin." Now this is a shocker. Not every day a guy wants to put on tefillin, and he tells him. I am Jewish. Unfortunately, at a young age, I deserted, I abandoned my religion. I made money, made a lot of money, and I totally forgot about my religion. My father, too, was a very, very holy Jew who did Tikkun Chatzais every night. When I heard you from next door wake up at midnight and start lamenting, I had just come back from the pub a short time before that. I was just settling into bed. As I'm trying to fall asleep, I hear your howling, your moaning. I wanted to kill you. (laughs) But as it went on, it started to stir up memories. It started to stir up thoughts. And I saw my father before me, sitting on the floor and weeping and moaning, just like you must have been doing. And this hit a nerve. It woke up something inside me. And then you started humming the beautiful tune of the study of the Talmud. I was enchanted. And I knew I needed to come back. I needed to do tshuva. And it was on that that I made my decision this morning to daven and to do tshuva. And so the chassid took his new friend and traveled to the Mitlerebbe. Mitla Rebbe actually wrote a correspondence for this fellow. The name of the correspondence evades me. 
Um, but it's still available, it's still to be found. And it's still studied from. And this was a correspond this was a responsa to this fellow on how to do tshuva. And this fellow obviously went off and did what he had to do. Um, I wish you'd stop that. Pekeach Ivrim. The name of the book is Pekeach Ivrim, which is opens the eyes of the blind. So we see, therefore, the words of the tzaddik, and the chassid obviously was told he can go out and become a rav in a city. He had completed what he needed to do as, as a wagon driver. And we see the words, therefore, of a tzaddik how they have effect exactly to where and how it has to be. Rebbe Tzernifke, the wife of the Rebbe Marash, on Yud Kislev, Tess and Yud Kislev was Yud Kislev was the, it was the 33rd anniversary of the Mitla Rebbe's release of pris- from prison. And that night she had a dream. Her mother, huh. it's in Sarah, together with her grandfather, his, her mother's father, the Mitla Rebbe, came to her in the dream his face obviously was glowing. And her mother said, Rivka, you and your husband, who was the Reb Marash, should write a sefetera. And the grandfather, the Mitla Rebbe, added joyfully, you will have a good son, and don't overlook my name. Her mother continued and said, Rivka, Listen to what my father's telling you. And as I heard these words still echoing in my ears, I woke up. The whole day I thought about this dream. But I didn't go to my, to my husband. A few days later I was taking care of my mother-in-law, Rabbi Zachayim Mushka, who was ill with a high fever. And the, her father-in-law, Tzemach came in to see his wife. And she told him that she had a dream And the father-in-law, excuse me, the, the rabbits in Chaimushka said she had a dream. And Samot Tzedek told his wife, there's a Gemara in Brachas, if you keep keeping score at home, 55 side B. She, he, I'm sure he didn't say, if you keep keeping score at home. <laughs> that says the dream are good for someone who's sick. There's different opinions based on the Tana whether believe in dreams or not. But generally it's good for someone sick to have a dream. He then turned around to me, Rivka said, and he said, and a good dream should certainly be followed and fulfilled. Excuse me, in other words, Samatzedek knew Rebbe Rivka's dream, even though she hadn't divulged anyone. Samatzedek left the room, and she says, Rabbi Tzernifka, I was thinking very thoroughly, how when she came home, her daughter Dvaleya was sick. She had a sore throat with fever and mysis. She was so involved taking care of her child, the episode slipped her mind. Three days later, she realized she had yet not, not yet told her husband. On the night of Yudeski's slave, which at the time was the 61st anniversary of the Al-Tarebbe's release from prison, she had another dream, almost identical, 
her mother, the Mitla Rebbe, and another old man. Mitla Rebbe said, you'll have a good son. The man added, Amen, Ken Yiratsen. My mother concluded and said, she turned to the mysterious guest in my dream, the older man, and she said, Zayda, give her your bracha. So I knew, therefore, this must be the Alter Rebbe. And he gave me a bracha, and both my mother and my grandfather said, Amen. And I was so enthralled, the Alter Rebbe's bracha, she says, Rebbe Tzivka, that I also screamed Amen, but in my sleep. But it woke me up. The Marash was sitting there, and he heard it, and he said, what are you, seeming, what are you screaming Amen in your dreams? At that point, I told him the story, the Sefetera, etc. And he decided the Sefetera should be written only on skins from kosher animals. Animals that were shechted and that remained kosher. Skin of a Sefetera, usually the, the, the parchment is made from skins of an animal, but it doesn't matter if the animal is kosher by Shechita or not. They can use the skin as long as it's a kosher animal. Here, that some of the Ramarash decided no, only animal, only skins that have an animal that was kosher. Sheikh Sefetera was also the same the same thing, by the way. Fidik Rebbe had the Sheikh Sefetera written, was also from animals that were only kosher. Well, ultimately, it took another five weeks to be able to get enough animals that were shechted kosher so that they could have enough skin and enough parchment. The Sefer started to write Mid-El, and ultimately the entire story evolves as some of Tzedek wanted it to be written, should be finished in God's Nomen, day after Yom Kippur, and should be with the whole Tareram, trumpets and Bands and man- marching and dancing in the streets. <coughs> that Thursday morning, the Rebbe Ma- the called in the Rebbe Marash, told him he himself should serve at the meal, and that Samotzedek would participate in the meal and say a maima. But the Sefer should not be completed that day. He didn't say why. A month later, Yud Gimel Cheshvin, Tzemotzedek called in the Marash again, Sefetei should be completed that evening, but in the Tzemotzedek's room, no one besides the Sefer, his wife, Rebbe Tzachayim Mushka, myself should know of it. Rebbe Tzemotzedek says she sort a mantle for the Sefetei to cover, and she brought it into the room of the father-in-law, so Mosedek, and he said Mazel Tov, because it's her Sefer after all. And he wished Hashem to fulfill the blessings which my father-in-law and grandfather blessed you. A week later, on Chav Cheshvin, she was, gave birth to the boy, the Rebbe Rashab, therefore his birthday being Chav Cheshvin, which is tonight, of course, and scheduled, his birth was scheduled for the 27th, for Zion, and the Zarichas Hamaisa of how the Tzemach refused to let it happen. And although his wife insisted, and he already sat waiting as a Sandik, that Marash being the male saw that the baby was not ready to have his bris on Chavzayin. But there was still, a, the meal was set up ready, everything was served, people ate, Chassidim came from far and wide. And some of Sedek said a maima for the chsidim to appease them for the not being by the bris. And ultimately, when the bris was, some of Sedek said the second luchas were not given the same way with the same fanfare as the first one, and that it should be done quietly. And this is the Rebbe Rashab, is the founder of our yeshiva, Tem Chetmimim. 
So therefore, if anyone has ears to this broadcast tonight, please see to it that you send in a donation to Yeshiva Stein Chetumimim on this day, in honor of the Rebbe Rashab's birthday, and to learn something in Yeshiva Stein Chetumimim, you can always step into Yeshiva by us. If you want to send any checks, can be sent in to 1503 Union Street, Brooklyn, New York. 11213. We hope with his birthday, the strength of the Bali Yamaledas, which on his birthday is Mazali Gaber, we should merit to all the blessings that he would like to bestow upon us. And most importantly, the blessing of the Gaula Mitzvah Shlema, and this Shabbos Chayasara, we can either join everybody in Hebron, or even better in Yerushalayim and Shabbat Shalom to all.